This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, and welcome to Pregnancy Confidential, week 16. Home, hospital, or birthing center, you decide. Pregnancy Confidential is a girlfriend-to-girlfriend real talk podcast from the folks at Parents Magazine, where we have your back and bump through all 40 weeks. I'm Dana Points. I'm the editor of Parents, and I have a couple guests with me today. First, Mindy Walker, executive editor of Fit Pregnancy and Baby Magazine. And Julia Dennison, managing editor of the Parents Network of websites, including Parents.com and FitPregnancy.com. And Julia is a very special guest because it's week 16 and Julia yeah. is... I'm 16 weeks pregnant, so hey. Congratulations. Could, you're right <laughs> in the thick convenient. of it. It's so <laughs> perfect. And Mindy and I have been through this having babies thing. I've had two myself, two boys. And I've had three girls. So decisions. Pregnancy brings with it a host of decisions, right? But at week 16, you're kind of at the best part of your pregnancy, the part where you know, a lot of that first trimester ickiness, the tiredness, the morning sickness or, you know, all day sickness, as we sometimes call it. At this point, you're feeling a little more energetic and ready to kind of get organized. Everything from registry and thinking about the baby's room to thinking about the room where you're going to deliver that baby, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to today talk about getting educated on where you're going to deliver. But first, we like to tell you how big is your baby? And Of course, we're talking fruits and vegetables. What else? So in week 16, what do we got, Mindy? You got a heart-healthy avocado. Oh, Mm. nice. Like the crinkly skin one, not the big, smooth skin California kind, right? Right, Yeah, The littler one. Mm Haas avocado, is that? Haas, yes. I think that's what this crinkly skin one is called. I'm going to go with um, apparently a BlackBerry phone. I don't feel like... Does have those Every anymore? now and then I see somebody with a BlackBerry still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A small cup, maybe, like a, a little mug of tea. Well, what about a really, really small armadillo? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a fun, you know, oh, a that's tiny, weird. teeny little turtle, too. Oh, you know. that's sweet. I, somehow the turtle is better than the armadillo. I just, <laughs> armadillos have those pokey things. Mm, nails. I start to get yeah. a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. with that. But if you want more details about what's going on and some really helpful down-to-earth things like what's happening in your baby's development and what's going on with the organ development, also, you know, what's going on in your life and your world as you're preparing, if you'd like to get updates on that more regularly, sign up for our daily pregnancy newsletter at parents.com slash pregnancy daily, and we'll give you the scoop every day. Coming up in a moment, we're going to discuss birthing locations, home, hospital, birthing center, We'll get into it. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and, of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Okay, we're back. Now, there are plenty of great places to give birth in the United States. We are really, really 
blessed in that respect. Of course, there are some not-so-great places, unavoidably so. For example, like the backseat of an Uber or the side of the road. I know we had a story once in Parents about a woman who gave birth right at the exit to the tunnel that leads from Brooklyn to Manhattan. But don't worry, that's not going to happen to you. Most people are in a position to choose, and the delivery location of choice will likely be a hospital or maybe a birthing center, or for a small number of women, they will choose to give birth in their own home. Where you're going to give birth is going to depend largely on who is accompanying you, right? Will it be a doctor, a midwife? The overwhelming majority of births in the United States happen in hospitals. Not surprisingly, I gave birth in a hospital twice. It made me feel good to know that help is right there in case of an emergency. You know, and I had planned to give birth naturally without pain medication. But when the time came, I ended up needing an epidural. And and so in a hospital, you're able to have an epidural there. I went into pregnancy healthy, but there are women who have pre-existing conditions, like anybody who has diabetes or a heart problem, high blood pressure. That's somebody who's going to want a hospital birth, definitely. And so you're going to want to be thinking about what risk factors might you have as you're heading into this decision. Now, if you do give birth in a hospital, you can still have a natural birth. Many hospitals have adopted these more kind of relaxed, home-like, like even between my first baby and my second baby, the birthing suite went from this very kind of medical-feeling room to the next time we went in, two and a half years later, it was like soft lighting and everything was painted pink and there were drapes on the windows and it was really much more pleasant. So hospitals are getting the hang of it, right? They're starting to look more like a birthing center and many of them now even you can have a midwife to work alongside the OB. But some women choose to give birth at home, right? You know, it's less than 1% still. So that's a very small amount of women who are, are giving birth at home. But they perhaps have, you know, a midwife with them, right? So they're going to be able to help them. And if you're going to give birth at home, make sure that you have a midwife who is able to practice at a hospital. So if something does go wrong, she has the license to say, I have this patient, I'm bringing her in, and they're ready for you if you need to. That's very, very critical. Right. Now, Julia, I know you have relatives in England, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of home births now. Yeah. So when I was living in London, two people in my building gave birth at home because they're really trying to make home birth, at least in London, they're trying to make it the default for healthy, normal, quote-unquote normal pregnancies. Is that because they like don't have enough hospital beds or what's right. going on? So one night in a hospital costs the NHS quite a lot of money. So I think it is a cost-saving effort. But then they've also realized that giving birth at home can be a great place to give birth as well. So I think of the two people who gave birth in my building, one had a great experience, was at home the whole time, and it was all good. The other ended up having to go to the hospital in the end as well. But that's the other thing about what they're doing over there in London is that they'll have a a dedicated ambulance on call for the woman who's going into labor at home so that they can whisk you off to the hospital. Wow. So that's probably not happening yet in the United States. (laughs) You know, sometimes if you are having a home birth, your midwife will come to your home and do your checkups there, which is kind of a nice plus, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it seems like it'd be kind of messy, but I guess they tell you what to do. They do. And apparently the the neighbor of mine, she was saying that you kind of like, she patted everything, like her radiators and things, like just kind of created this like comfy space. And and I think also just made sure that, you know, everything was cleared away. Yeah. Go down to the hardware store, get some plastic sheets. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about 
you know, maybe a few days later when you look over to that area and you're like, that's where I had a baby. That would be cool. Yes. Yeah. It could be kind of a neat thing, like, to look back on it. Like, I don't know if I could ever move from there. It'd be pretty exciting oh, to sort God. of say, like, I, I had a baby here. That. I'd be worried about my mattress, though. <laughs> Well, well you're mean, probably not on in your you're not bed. in your bed. You're not probably. In your bed. Okay. I mean, because in the hospital, a lot of the reason people mm-hmm. end up in the bed is if they're they get the epidural, mm-hmm. you can't move, or if you're somehow tethered to some kind of you know machine right. mm-hmm. that prevents you from walking around. But even in hospitals now, that's less common. You know, they do intermittent monitoring instead of constant monitoring. Yeah, I'm picturing living room. I really am. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, the person I know, it was kind of she ended up, I think, in the bathroom, but oh, okay. she labored around, kind of all around. Her house. Mm. And we did a great story for fitpregnancy.com. It was a photo story. This photographer took a picture all throughout his partner's home birth, and it was really beautiful to see. You know, she just looked very much in her element, very relaxed, very calm. Now, a sort of middle ground maybe would be the birth center, which mm. we haven't talked about. If a hospital sounds kind of too hospitally and clinical to you, and a home birth, maybe you're not quite that calm about it, consider a birthing center. It could be a good place if you have an uncomplicated pregnancy and you want to be in a sort of low-tech environment but still in or near a hospital. These rooms typically look more like bedrooms. They have usually a midwife on the staff and physicians affiliated with them and, and a hospital affiliation. They do encourage a natural childbirth. You should not expect to get an epidural in a birthing center, but they are equipped to provide you with some pain relief. It's kind of a good middle of the spectrum option. Not available everywhere, let's be real, but you know. They've gotten a lot more popular even mm-hmm. in the last decade, so I think the trend is definitely going in the right direction. Yeah. Were you hospital every time? I was a hospital every yeah. time. My second child was actually a vaginal birth after a C-section, a VBAC. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to be in a hospital and I wanted to be because my OBGYN was with me the whole night to really make sure that everything went to plan, which it did. I think if I had it to do over again, I would definitely be looking into a birth center, even though I ended up having two epidurals and in a hospital and all that, but um, or at least looking for a hospital that had that more kind of homey, mm. relaxed quality about it. I don't know. Julia, have you decided? Um, it's, so it's a tough one. The place where I'm supposed to be giving birth has one of the best birthing centers in the country, and it's, it's really well known for it. But it does sound like the birthing center is a very much like no medication, all natural. You have to be really committed to it because they're not going to be giving that epidural unless you absolutely need it. And then they would probably transfer you to the hospital. But they're next door. I mean, they're all part of the larger same building. So there is that. But it does sound like there's a very distinct path. Mm-hmm. Now, you can have, like you were saying earlier, Dana, like you can have the natural birth at the hospital. But if you want to take advantage of what sounds like there's like birthing pools and like all these kind of amazing sounding things, then you do have to almost make a commitment to that avoiding medication, all natural birth. And at this point, I'm still very much in in the camp of liking the sound of pain relief. With my third child, I didn't get the epidural until I was nearly nine centimeters dilated. And so in and a way, that's on a scale just if you have thought about zero to ten, one to ten. That's right. So I was very close, and the anesthesiologist was very angry with me for wanting it. But my doctor was like, "Hey, she can get it whenever she wants." Mm. But it was nice to have that natural feeling for a long time, but then realizing, "Nope, I'm ready now." So <laughs> you know, just remember, you can do it whenever you want during that time. So mm. that helps. That's a good point. So we're we're wanting to hear from our listeners. Where are you planning on giving birth? I hope you'll tweet us. Tell us the details at Parents Magazine. Use the hashtag Pregnancy Confidential. This week's Relax You've Got This is about managing back pain in pregnancy, what's causing it, and how to treat it. 
70% of women experience some kind of back pain during pregnancy. You know, it could be your growing belly plus your body mechanics, like something that you're doing at work, your chair, how you're sitting. could have to do with your sleeping, what position you're sleeping in. The causes can vary. Of course, you can blame our friend hormones. They loosen up the ligaments in your pelvic area, and then your center of gravity shifts because of your growing belly, and that affects your posture. And then, of course, you know, if you're stressed at all about anything, your body just stores stress in, in all sorts of places. So there is usually little need to worry. That's the relax part of this, unless you have another symptom when your back hurts. So if you're having bleeding, spotting, or a fever, you're absolutely going to want to talk to your doctor about back pain. But if it's just my back hurts, and sometimes even if there's a little sciatica, which is that tingly feeling that moves down your left leg, the back of your left leg, that's kind of your routine back pain. (laughs) So no biggie, but you're going to want to do some exercises, some abdominal exercises. And and many times your your doctor, your OBGYN even might have like a, a piece of paper that has the exercises on them or can refer you to physical therapy during your pregnancy. I know it sounds crazy, but lots of women end up doing it. You should definitely correct anything that you're doing in your posture. Like if you're bending over regularly, you need to start squatting. For example, if you have an older child and you're picking that child up. Or all of their toys that are on the floor. Or all of their toys, right. (laughs) Don't be surprised. You know, things are loosening up, but that means something can kind of pop out of place. No heels, Julia. That means you. Just a little, a little heel. Oh, just a like a little one inch, but, but no, none no of those. flat either. You right. know, ballet flats are mm. really just as bad for that support. That's true. Too. You need a supportive shoe. Mm-hmm. You know, a one inch heel is fine, but none of those stilettos. I look at those pictures of the pregnant celebrities, and I, I just want to weep for them because mm. sometimes they go out in these crazy heels, and I hope that just off camera is some assistant with a pair of really dorky sneakers, which is what I would be wearing. <laughs> you can wear a support band around your belly, which will help just take some of the weight. Do you guys recommend those, um, those like maternity pillows, the long ones, or is it just like your regular pillows and be creative I think with them? You, I think just be creative with the pillows okay. you have. Because those yeah. maternity pillows, once you buy them and then you don't need them anymore, They're you big. take up a lot of room yeah. in your closet. I know. We live in New York, so I mean, I <laughs> no. just know, you know I, who it's has like, room for a maternity like pillow? Size of, like, size you'd have to rent bathroom. another apartment. I, I had the most back pain with my first child, and I would take a little pillow, like an ergonomic pillow, and I would put it at my desk when I was working to support my back. When I was driving in the car, I would always have it because, you know, you didn't realize how much you I needed to support that. And it made a big difference. My doctor also told me to stand a lot. So these mm-hmm. standing desks are great for pregnant women that you mm-hmm. see that that's so much better when you have back pain to stand, or at least the mm-hmm. kind I had when I was pregnant, than sitting. Right. And I've seen studies that say it's important to be standing during pregnancy more than you think. So you can use heat to help, not a hot bath, but just a sort of locally applied heat. You can make your own hot pad if you want. You can put two cups of uncooked rice in a sock, like a tube sock, not the end, and then microwave that for a minute or so, and then just put that on your back for maybe 10 minutes. I was surprised at how early you get the joint pain. And I had sort of pelvic joint pain in the middle of my first trimester Mm -hmm. because I think that relaxin, that hormone that relaxes your ligaments, sets in very early. So it was one of those things. I didn't really suffer from any back pain before I was pregnant. And I did this sort of bent over, pick something up. And then I was like, whoa, what's that feeling that I don't recognize? Of course, I Googled it. Don't do that. That'll just freak you out. But, you know, I do think people think, oh, back pain happens when you're nine months pregnant and you've got this huge belly. 
when really for yeah. me, and it sounds like for you too, mm-hmm. it happens earlier yep. when you're like, wait a minute, I've only gained like two pounds. And Why? It, yeah. It's the hormones. Right. It's definitely the hormones relaxing everything. And it mm-hmm. comes as a shock mm-hmm. at this stage of pregnancy. But this is really when to expect it. And it went away. So I have a feeling it's one of those things that can come and go in pregnancy. So yeah. Well, we'll hope that it doesn't come back yeah, for you. Know, we'll see. But, you know, put a couple extra pillows on the shopping yes, list. I think you need some. So that's it for today for Pregnancy Confidential. Our producer is Sarah Abdurrahman. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Be sure to let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter at Parents Magazine, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Parents Magazine, or Instagram at, of course, Parents Magazine. Maybe you want to post a picture and, uh, and tag us. So if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave a rating or a comment because it helps other people find our show. Unlike other podcasts, you don't need to wait a week. If you want to see what's around the corner, you can go ahead and listen to the next episode right now. Right now.